Hi, Val here, and this is my podcast, The Kalahari Diaries. I live in one of Africa's most remote wilderness areas. Nature and wildlife is my biggest passion. I hand-dressed Serga the lioness and walked the Kalahari to join her on her hunts. My work is on tourism and nature conservation. For fun, but also for wildlife monitoring, I fly anything that gets me into the air. I live in an old caravan. The next supermarket is a two and a half hour drive away on sandy and bumpy roads. There is no cell reception anywhere nearby, and the only comms is an extremely slow, extremely expensive satellite internet connection. I am Valentin Grüner, and this is my podcast, The Kalahari Diaries. Right. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Kalahari Diaries. This is episode number 12 of my podcast, and this time I have asked people to send in their own questions to my life, to Silga, to everything that has to do with nature conservation. Basically, whatever comes to mind, people could send in either in writing or in voice recording format. And I've got to say that we only got one voice recording sent in. The rest was in writing, a lot of it on social media and so on. So I'm just going to read out the questions that we got and I'll try and do my best to answer them. So I think let's get started right away. First question is, Hi Val, I have a question for you. What is it that you like most about Serga and least? Can you tell us a little bit about her personality? And do you have any favorite animals apart from lions? So let's get to the answer on this one. What I like most about Serga, I think... It's the experience that it's been giving me, you know, being able to sit in the middle of the Kalahari next to a lion and actually experience her living out her instincts in her natural environment and observing this right next to this magnificent, huge animal. I mean, it's such a privilege and I feel extremely lucky to be able to have that life and to have had that experience with Serga. So that ability for me to learn about the bush in Africa almost through the eyes of that lion learning its own environment that is probably what I love absolutely the most being outside with Serga is by far my favorite thing to do um, what I like the least about Serga is not directly anything about her Serga is amazing she can be a bit rough sometimes and get a couple of scratches and stuff like that but that's just because she's a very big strong cat and I love everything about her What's probably least to like about the whole thing is that it comes with a huge responsibility, or at least I've taken a huge responsibility onto myself and I take it very, very seriously. So I do not leave Serga unless I really, really have to for work reasons. I try to always be around, always look after her. We've made this huge 2,000 hectare reserve for her. It's been a long process, many years. I haven't had a holiday in over 10 years. So I think it's this constant... A commitment without being able to take a break that's definitely taking a bit of a strain sometimes so yeah that's probably what I like the least about her what can I say about Serga's personality she really is an amazing lion I guess you know each individual animal doesn't within a species doesn't matter which one I guess they have different attitudes different characters and Serga really is a, a lovely animal she is so gentle and careful with me you know, given her size and what she could be doing. And yeah, I think that's that describes her personality very well. She can get grumpy, but only with other people or animals when they get near her fence or anything like that. She obviously changes completely when she's hunting. I mean, watching her right in front of me kill a big antelope is something very impressive. And then 
at the same time I'm there with that predator and you can really watch this you know this animal doing what it's doing best but she is a very gentle and very lovely animal at the same time and I think I'm I'm lucky to have her and lucky that she has a fantastic character like that uh that next part of this question favorite animals I honestly have to say I don't think I have any favorites I mean I, I love lions but I love any a big cat I love anything else that's out here too I love our different birds I it's just I love nature I love entire ecosystems and in that case I would have to say that the Kalahari in southern Africa is my absolute favorite ecosystem with absolutely everything that belongs into it but at the same time I'm fascinated by any naturally functioning ecosystem and the wildlife that's in it but I really don't think that I have a favorite animal as such Okay, I think that should answer that one, and we'll get right on to the next questions. Um, <laughs> this one's actually not not so easy to answer. I'll try and make that short. But what are your plans for the next 5, 10, 15, and 20 years? How is strawberry, and how is caramel? All right, we'll split this up into the first part, and then the two, the two animals, uh, how they are. We'll get to that afterwards. Um, in the... Well, five years, which I would call more the shorter term, the plan is definitely to get absolutely running with everything that we're planning here within our own area, which is that 7,500 hectare wildlife area that, that I manage. And that includes getting a guest camp up and running where we will accommodate guests for a minimum stay of 14 days, which is supposed to be like an educational adventure type holiday for people to learn something about this ecosystem and just have a great time and part of that camp is supposed to become a research base so yeah that's definitely the plan to have that all finished within the next five years and not just finished and up and running but also I would like to run everything completely self-sustaining which means not just the camp and the people that will be staying here including us living here permanently and our workers but also the guests and all the wildlife that is in this area is supposed to live off rainwater that we will be catching off roofs and of specifically the constructed catchment systems we'll be growing our own vegetables in a greenhouse type scenario here we've already started a lot of this on a small scale but the idea is really to run this place as a complete unit which will be entirely self-sustaining at a very luxurious and fantastic level that you can live at and it's something that I'd like to just have here as a showcase mainly to be able to teach our communities and our surroundings how much can be done on a sustainable basis because there's a lot of development that is still going to happen Botswana is one of the least populated countries on earth which means there's a lot of space left so I believe that is very, very important that we get something going here that hopefully can show others if people develop in that kind of way, we can do something that is beneficial for our ecosystems and for ourselves. Then sort of the next 10, 15, 20 years, I guess I can sort of put this into one, you know, more long-term type scenario. And that is definitely that everything is supposed to, to run in a way that this idea that I've just mentioned can expand we have already started discussing with some of the leaders of the nearby communities how we can get involved in helping them or assisting them or just working together in some way in preserving some of the massive areas that they actually have as part of their community trust sort of setups and I really hope that over this longer term that we will be able to implement exactly what we're doing here for wildlife on a relatively small scale 
on a much larger scale into the communities, but it needs to become something that is not run by us, but by the communities themselves, and will simply be there as a in a helping position, you know, so a little bit supervisory if they require any assistance. And yeah, that that's really the long-term goal that we not just see wildlife do well within that. It's still big, but our, what you would consider very small area compared to what's around us. And yeah, that is definitely the main, the main goal in the long term to take what we can do here on a small basis and implement it with the communities surrounding us into the much larger wildlife areas. All right, then to the next uh, two questions. How is strawberry and how is caramel? Uh, for those of you who don't know, strawberry is one of our horses. She's a mare that had a foal that actually got taken by a wild lion and she was defending her foal and got injured badly. And so there's a whole long story about that. Anybody wanting to find out more, please uh, join our Patreon page. It costs a little bit of money, but the amount is entirely up to you. And there's all the background stories and there's a little movies about Strawberry and her recovery. So how she's doing is she's recovered perfectly fine. She's very healthy and actually she's about to have her next fall right now. So she's great and everything is very well with her. And then Caramel... She's also doing great. Again, for those of you who don't know Caramel yet, Caramel is a, a baby caracal. A caracal is something that looks a little bit like a lynx, called a caracal. Uh, a beautiful little predator and very successful hunter. And Caramel was found in a mining village in Botswana by some lovely people who rescued her from there. She was still a baby. She still is a baby, actually. And... Caramel is pretty much blind, but her other senses work very well. Now, we're very much hoping that her eyesight will recover, but we don't know about that yet. But she's actually doing extremely well. She's very happy. She has no issues going on walks with us. She follows us, and but she is blind. She doesn't really see anything. I believe she has a little bit of vision, but it must be very blurry. Uh, but she's a very happy animal, growing up very well and doing extremely well, actually, given her circumstances. So she's growing. She's good she's even chasing birds yeah so i guess that should be answering that question um let's move on to the next one and that is what is her weight obviously by her meaning serga and serga is a little bit on the large side for lionesses not just weight wise but also actually size wise i guess it has to do with me giving her pretty much that perfect amounts of food maybe even a little bit more you know in the wild lions often struggle especially while they're growing up and it might mean that they don't develop as well Serga developed very well and I would say depending on her condition you know in winter I let her get a little bit bigger because it's winter and it's very cold here at night and I believe being a little bit larger helps her to deal with the cold better in summer when it gets very hot she leans out a bit also just naturally because the heat's more exhausting so I reckon she varies from around 180 to maybe 200 kilograms. But that being said, that's just a guess. I've never been able to actually put it on a scale. All right, I think that should answer that as well. Then the next one says, ain't you afraid of them? You could be the next meal. Don't trust too much. All right, I guess that's a bit of a question as well as some advice here. Um So first of all, to the actual question, I'm definitely not afraid of uh, predators not of Serga and also not of the wild animals that are around here and all I can say to that to make it a bit quick is that the more you get to know these animals the more you actually 
become relaxed around them. And by the, getting to know them, I don't mean the individual, but I mean generally their behavior of these wild animals. Serga is, of course, a little bit of a different story, but she's the only animal I deal with. And what's very important to me is that I don't bring Serga into my habitat. She's never been inside a vehicle. She's not supposed. She's never been inside a building. She's not even coming to our, my place. Serga is not like a, a dog that just walks around my home. She's in her area. She has a very beautiful large area for herself where she can hunt. And I go visit her in her habitat. And I believe that's very important in dealing with these predators that we don't try to put them into an environment where the instincts are not really meant to work. So that's how I can yeah, say about Serga that makes me feel safe. Of course, I also know her very well. Then I could be the next meal. True, but that being said, humans are generally not at all meals for our predators in Africa. It's very rare that they would attack and behaving the right way is actually the main, yeah, the main th thing that you have to do. Basically, imagine you take a wild animal and you put it in the middle of one of our big cities, New York, Berlin, London, anything like that, on a big intersection. That wild animal would completely freak. It's never seen traffic before. It's just going to run, panic and die very, very quickly, maybe just because of the panic or because it's going to get run over by a vehicle or the next bus. And in a similar way, if we take somebody from a city who's never been in this environment, that could be a very equal scenario because people will panic very easily run and scream and behave in ways that absolutely don't belong here which can quickly cause an accident to, to happen with a wild animal and that could be fatal that could end up being something's meal but if you know your way around it's the same way like you could say a dog that actually assists a blind person in the streets you know even that animal can learn perfectly how to behave in traffic how to learn with or deal with traffic lights and things like that. So I think there's a huge thing that often people misunderstand when they're looking into these scenarios. We're looking from the outside into Africa and it's just all terrifying, but actually it's pretty much the other way around. And quite frankly, I've never really lived in a city and I really haven't been in many cities at all in my life. So I'm more terrified of all that amount of traffic and people and how busy it is i'm very much used to the bush and i'm definitely not afraid of anything here but that being said i have a huge amount of respect okay i guess that was a bit of a long answer to that question but i hope it it uh, yeah, sort of eases the concerns that that person has and next question has Serga begun to slow down any that you have observed or is nine years still on the younger side okay that one i can really make quick lines in the wild will grow as a female easily up to about 15, 16 years. Males slightly less simply because they fight more, which is more strain on them and it kills them a little bit quicker. So the average age expectancy is a little bit less than that of the females. In captivity, which means when these animals are being taken care of, you know, when they get sick, they'll, they'll be a doctor to help them. When their teeth start getting bad or breaking off or falling out, you know, we can help them by giving them the right amount of food or like food that's cut in small pieces and of course I will be there for Serga for the rest of her life to assist her when anything is wrong which means 
Suga could easily, like any other captive lion, grow above 20 years old, maybe 25 years old. So that's still quite a long time to go. And I actually would say at the moment she's in an absolute prime. She's in a perfect condition. She has not lost even a piece of her teeth. She doesn't have any scars on her body. She's very fit right now because we've been starting walking her over the last year in her new area a lot. So she's in a fantastic shape. And definitely has not slowed down at all. She's much less playful than what she was as a cub, but I guess everybody knows how that works. You know, by that I just mean like if you compare to a puppy dog, how playful that animal gets. And after two or three years, the dog will calm down quite a bit. So obviously she's done that because she's not a she's not a juvenile animal anymore. But she's for an adult lioness in her absolute prime right now. So and she still has quite a few years to go on that. Okay. Let's move on to the next question. Dear Val, do you feel she'll come back once the gate is left open? That's a cool question. I, I like that. Um, so for the people that are not completely aware of this whole situation, maybe Serga has a 2,000 hectare reserve here that we've completely fenced for her. In the corner of that 2,000 hectare reserve, she has a one hectare enclosure, which is her home and at the moment, I'm still a little bit hesitant to leave Serga completely out by herself because I'm at 2,000 hectare. That's a 20 kilometer fence line surrounding this area. And it's electrified. It's got mesh wire on top of the fence. But there is a possibility that she'll dig out. There's a possibility things dig in. There's a possibility she chases animals into the fence. So I really want her to be comfortable and accept those boundaries and really to get to know her territory before I leave her by herself. Once she'll be by herself, she will be wearing a collar with a tracker so that we will be able to follow her on a computer, basically. It'll also send an alarm when she's outside. Yeah, and so on. So she, she's in the process right now of actually being released completely into her own area, but I'll always be there every day to look after her in any case. And she's free to be home in her enclosure whenever she wants. And that's what this question is about. It's, will Serga come back once the gate is left open? And I am 100% certain that Serga will come back. I'm actually thinking Serga will come back almost every evening just because she's used to getting food here in the evenings. And I intend to continue giving her food, just not the whole amount. So once she's left outside, she can hunt her own food. Obviously, we will observe what she's hunting. She lets me go to her kills and share with her. So when she kills an animal, we can still take a lot of the meat because she won't be able to eat it all and before it rots we will take a lot of it and put it back in the freezer for her so that we can use it to feed her more of it in small portions so we will reduce the portions she also loves getting her baby milk and i would love her to show up once a day just by herself it'll make it so much easier to look after her not me having to drive into her area and try and look for her so i i'm sure she will always come back at some stage there's absolutely no doubt about that and I actually hope that we will make it work so that she will just show up once a day. It gives me a chance to look at her. We know everything is fine. She's not injured. She's healthy. And she gets a little snack and then she can go or sleep at home, whatever she likes. Cool. I think that should be answering that one. The next one. Nice question. Do you like seeing fan art of Serga? Actually, I'm sitting here in my office and there is a beautiful statue that someone made friends of ours uh, it's it's me and Serga hugging made out of clay and that's standing here on top of my shelf very beautiful we have a couple of drawings around that that people that have been visiting made and we also have quite a few emails where people send us something that they've done and I absolutely love seeing the stuff it's 
always amazing. People are so talented and they do wonderful drawings of Serga um, or other kind of art. So yes, we absolutely love seeing any art of Serga. So anybody feeling artistic, making drawings of pictures of Serga, anything like that, always feel free to send us a message with the image. We love to see them and it's, it's something absolutely great when that happens. Cool. Next question. Could you write a book about feline behavior, lions and other big cats? Uh, good question. If I had the time, I wouldn't have a problem trying to write a book. Although I, I must say I'm no expert, no officially educated expert in the field of animal behavior. I obviously have had the chance to observe Serga a hell of a lot and a hell of a lot closer than probably any researcher ever has an ability to do. At the same time, Serga has been in a very special circumstance, not like a normal wild lion. And with other big cats, I have experience with the cats that walk around freely in Africa, but pretty much only as wild animals. And those I have observed quite a lot as well. So I actually would like at some stage to write something down just about specifically ex the experience with Serga and how I've watched and observed her basically grow up and learn to behave in her own habitat. I think that would be something very cool. And the general behavior just about big cats and lions, I think that I'll leave to other people. So I would like to write something one day just about specifically my experience with Serga and, you know, in terms of her behavior and how I've been able to observe that. But it will take quite a long time. Honestly, I think by that'll be at some stage when I'm retired, simply because I don't have the time to do much at all at the moment. So yeah, life keeps me very busy, but that is something that I would like to do one day, but it's going to be quite a long time from now. Okay, another question, very easy and simple one. How old, how old are you, Serga? And how old is she? By that, I think the person meant how old am I and how old is Serga. So I'll just answer that. There's also a common saying, she's an absolute angel. And I agree with that. I think Serga is an absolute angel. Thank you. Um, how old am I? I'm 34 years old and Serga is nine years old right now. I think that should answer that. Very easy and quick. Interesting question coming up now. And that is, how does Serga react to other animals? Um... Yeah, good question. So basically, she reacts to other animals literally like any other lion. Sometimes a jackal or a honey badger gets to, into her enclosure even, or she meets them outside, and she just chases it. She has a chase at them. That's all that happens. Lions being the biggest predator pretty much chase everything. Although I've got to say the honey badgers give her a bit of a run for her money sometimes because they turn around and end up chasing Serga. But at the end of the day, Serga usually wins. She has killed quite a few of the badgers. Any predators that she interacts with and gets a hold of, she does not eat them. She just kills them, which is also relatively natural unless she would be really, really hungry. Um, on a side note, these other predators have parasites and stuff like that that could also affect Serga very easily because they're basically the same thing. These, these parasites can utilize the same hosts like predators, whereas herbivores like an antelope that she'll be hunting even though that one would have parasites it's very unlikely that they will be able to live on Serga so that's much safer for them to eat so Serga kills other predators she obviously chases anything uh, li like an, an antelope 
And that's about it, how she behaves. When other lions are around, she's usually first very scared of them and hides away from them. And once she gets to know them, so far that's just happened through the fence though. But she's had many months where wild lions have been around here. And then she's actually started forming a relationship with them. But everything else she tries to attack and chase, uh, yeah, that's what a lion does and they're very good at it. So that's pretty much her behavior around other animals. All right, on to the next question. How does Suga feel having to share you with your girlfriend now? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, how to answer that one? Quite honestly, I don't think Suga knows that I have another girlfriend. Otherwise, she'd probably be very, very angry with me. So I'm hiding that affair from, from her, I guess. <laughs> um, no, so honestly, like Suga, there's always been people around. And like I explained earlier, I always go into her habitat. So Suga is not around my normal other life. I just join Suga in her life as often as I can. So she has no idea who I'm with or anything like that. She gets obviously to know certain people like our workers as well as my girlfriend who are often here. And actually I get those people to feed Suga in the evening quite uh, regularly or most of the time because when I show up, Suga expects me to go inside, to go walking with her, to go inside and play with her. And she doesn't even want to meet. She just looks at me and then she starts calling me if I'm not coming in. And going in with Suga is not that easy. Every time feels a bit like, like I just get beaten up in a boxing fight and I'm covered in sand and dirt and dust. So it's not something that I just do in the evening quickly. I really take time when I do that and do it the right way. So basically, I get other people to feed Serga. And obviously, the people that go to just throw the meat over the fence, she will get used to seeing them. But when those people come close to the fence, specifically when I'm inside, she growls at them quite loudly. But I don't think she makes a difference or knows about my other girlfriend. And I think it's better we keep it that way. Okay, next question. This one was sent in German. I can read it in German and just translate quickly. Uh, the question says, Hast du mal über ein Video mit Kevin Richardson oder Dean Schneider nachgedacht? Wäre geil. Uh, so the question means, did you ever think about making a video with Kevin Richardson or Dean Schneider? That would be awesome. Um, I never actually thought about doing a video with any of those guys together. Um, not because I don't like them, anything like that. I, I don't know Dean Schneider at all. I've had Kevin Richardson on the phone once when Serga was brand new to check up about the milk formula that I was going to use for her. And yeah, I've never thought about doing a, a video with any of them. It will be something nice, I guess, if we end up meeting randomly somewhere or arrange a meeting, uh, that's that's a possibility. But nothing that's planned and I really have very, very little time to be anywhere else. This kind of job keeps you very busy and I'm sure it's the same with Dean and Kevin. So maybe there'll be a video one day with some of us together or an interview type thing, I have no idea. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, and... If it happens, obviously, we're going to post on our social media, but it's definitely not in the planning simply because we're all very busy and I'm very much just stuck here in the Kalari in Botswana and don't get to go anywhere else. Cool. Um, the next question. Is Serga's mother still alive? If so, where is she? Serga's mother was where we started our camp and she's not alive anymore. She was a very old lioness already back then so she's passed away in the meantime it's been quite a long time Serga is almost 10 years old now and 
Soga's mom was a problem lioness, or I actually don't like using that term because they're just a beautiful lion who's trying to settle into a home somewhere and it ends up being a cattle ranch and they kill uh, our cattle and other livestock and then we classify them a problem animal. That's not really how I see that. So it's just a wild lion, but she was causing problems for humans that have moved into these areas, obviously. And instead of being killed by the ranch owner or by our uh, authorities, she was put into a rescue facility where I started my whole job here in Botswana. And yeah, that's where she lived. And she was in a very large enclosure living together with uh, with her pride, with her family. And that's where she had her sort of retirement home after being yeah, captured instead of being killed. And that was sort of near a town called Khansi, right in the center of Botswana, next to the Central Kalahari Game Reserve. All right, the next question. I enjoy seeing that connection. How did you achieve it? How much time of the day do you spend with the felines? I'm Lily from Argentina. Thank you. Um, cool. The connection and how did I achieve that is really something that happened just by raising Serga from a very, very small age. I think that's the only way to get that close connection with a predator like that. And also, I've been spending time with her every day for her entire life, pretty much. There's been a few times where I had to go away, but otherwise I'm always around. I don't always make it inside with her, but I'm always here. She almost hears or sees me all day long if she feels like sitting on that side of her area. And yeah, so I spent my whole life around Serga and working around her. And that's how this connection happened. Just slowly spending lots of time and specifically because I've been raising her from a small, small cub. And also because I've been the only person working with Serga. I never thought it was a good idea to have a lot of people around her it only works when the animals are younger and then it's just something that's nice for the person that's playing with that line but probably not nice for the animal because that animal will end up missing so many people if they start forming a bond with it which is why I've been the only one and I think that also makes it special. Okay on to the next one. Um, there's been a few questions sort of about the same subject I will just read them all together. Uh, do you think Serga will ever be able to be with other lionesses or lions? I feel like that could be scary. That was part of the comment here, not me, by the way. Then, has Serga begun forming friendships with other lions? And again, same sort of question. Why doesn't Serga have a partner? All right. So, yes, I would love Serga to have another lion around her so that she can play with that animal. Obviously, she can then play like a lion likes to play because I'm a little bit breakable compared to a lion. So Serga has to hold herself back quite a lot when she plays with me. And I can really see that and I can see she's doing it. But obviously, she would like to play rough and have somebody that's just with her all the time. And that should be another lion. I don't want that lion to be another tame lion, though. I'm really not here to make more tame predators. It's quite a big problem and a huge responsibility, like I said earlier, and Serga really is enough. So, yeah, we will find a lion. There are obviously lions that are sitting in rehabilitation centers and things like that, which 
potentially could come here. There's also lions regularly being shot and that's actually my preferred option because they're being killed as problem animals. And if there often actually are young male lions that wander into these remote farming areas because they're looking for a new territory and obviously there are no lions resident there so it feels good to go there and then this young lion who just got kicked out by his own pride now tries to settle there and he might end up being shot or poisoned or you know captured and relocated and relocating one of them here to us would be a great idea it is the idea to do that but I first want Serga to be completely free in her area and to be very comfortable in it. We will also need quite a little bit of money because we will have to build a small paddock. Not small, it'll be like a one hectare enclosure again with very solid electric fencing so that this line gets used to not being able to go through fences because unfortunately these lines have been coming through a lot of ranches if they're being captured in these scenarios. So although the fence here has additional security, a lion that's not used to fences will most likely end up digging a hole and going outside again. And specifically him being with Serga, that wouldn't be a good idea because he might be teaching Serga to do that and that would just create problems because then Serga might end up in areas where she gets shot or poisoned or she's a threat to the people who could be outside in these areas. So we really need to make sure they stay inside that reserve that is here for them and at the same time, with that animal being sort of habituated to his new area in a smaller enclosed paddock, it means that Serga will have the opportunity to get to know him through the fence slowly. And that is the idea. So Serga will be introduced to another line if everything goes well. But first, we're busy letting her get comfortable and really enjoying her territory. And once she's fully there, then that's definitely the next step. So that's why Serga doesn't have a partner yet, and that's the plan for that whole thing. She has begun forming friendships, by the way, with other lions, but for the whole reason, what I just mentioned, that we want to protect Serga, those other lions, one of them was very old, beautiful old lion. He was Serga's first sort of love affair, and he passed away of old age, sadly, because it was beautiful having him around, and I was actually hoping that we could just keep him there, and once Serga's big area is finished, he'll be inside because he basically lived there anyways. But yeah, that didn't work out. He was just too old, I guess. And after that, younger lions showed up. But because they don't stay here and wander into areas where they're not supposed to be, all of those lions have disappeared. So Serga, yeah, she had a few broken hearts because of uh, male lions showing up and uh, then disappearing again. But she hasn't physically met them without a fence in between. So, so far, they've met through the fence. They stand and look at each other and in the beginning Serga completely hides away from them. Then they get comfortable. They start rowing, you know, after each other. You can sometimes at night hear one line rowing far away and then Serga will answer and then you can hear that line coming closer because every time he answers the row is, is moving a little bit closer. And then they've been spending the nights on, on, you know, either side of the fence lying there sleeping. So she's gotten used to other lines, so we know that it works very well. And exactly that is what we want to create for her by bringing another line. We'll put him in an area so he can calm down, get used to the place, get used to Serga being on the other side of the fence. And when they're very comfortable, we'll open the door and both of them will have Serga's reserve to live in and to be happy. Cool. I guess we can get on to the next question. Is it possible to apply as a field technician assistant having field experience? Cool, nice question. Um, at this stage, because of COVID and everything, we're not really operational with people in this area at all. 
We are in the process of opening up a guest operation here at our area and part of the facility that we're building is also going to be a permanent research base which will be run by professors which are friends of ours that are teaching in Texas at the university. And there will be jobs there. It won't be very many positions, but there will be some probably as you know for a couple of years or even more permanent. And once that's open, there will be opportunity to apply for a specifically field technician kind of work. And yeah, so answer is yes, but not yet. And once that's available, it will be on our websites. It will be posted on social media. So if you keep up to date with that, um, you'll find out when that's happening. It just It's going to take a bit of time because everything here takes a little bit of time. And especially with Corona, things have been going a little bit slow. All right, next question. How old were you when you decided to move to Botswana for certain? Okay, I like that very quick and easy. I decided to move here for certain when I was 21. And I moved here when I was 21. And I think permanently when I was 22. Cool, I should answer that one. All right, here we got again two questions sort of about the same thing. How is the situation where you live with the current state of the world with COVID? How are you? That's from the same person. And then next question was, given the pandemic, how do you manage to keep Serga and the wildlife sanctuary afloat? All right. So, yeah, the pandemic and COVID restrictions and all of this, I guess everybody had to get used to a very new world that we're in now. Uh, yeah, we're managing well. I mean, obviously, we couldn't open our guest operation, which was supposed to happen pretty much right when that whole thing started. So we've delayed construction of the guest camp quite a lot, but we were extremely lucky to get funding to uh, purchase an aircraft and we build an airfield with a hangar for the plane and all of these things. So getting the aircraft, just purchasing it, doing all the, the administrative work that, that's involved with, with that took quite some time. So we've used the time quite well to develop other parts that we would have wanted to do in the future anyways. Uh, that was lucky so we could be doing that because having the aircraft here helps us a hell of a lot with the conservation work and, and the monitoring that we need to be doing so yeah that was lucky otherwise the pandemic has affected us in quite a few ways but mainly just that we're missing the revenue completely from the tourism side of things which is hopefully going to pick up again next year and yeah that's been quite a struggle uh, financially and then to the second question here from another from the other person, how do we manage to keep it afloat? I guess by that they mean the economical aspect of things. So I've got to say a huge thanks to my parents for continuously helping me with money. And I hope that one day I'll be able to pay back all of that. So even though I'm 34 years old, I, I'm still getting support from uh, especially my dad on a very regular basis. And... Yeah, that's that's one big thing. And the other thing is that the area that we're in, it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to another person. And we have to manage our stock of wildlife here, if you want to put it that. And that's my job. It's a very sad part of my job. I've discussed this in previous podcasts about how to manage a private wildlife area. But I have to hunt. And obviously, we don't just want to let the meat rot. 
So the animals that need to be taken out simply because they become too many, although we have predators hunting them, but the certain populations just grow too much. And again, in the other podcast, there's a lot of detail about that, but I have to simply maintain the population at a certain number. Otherwise, the area will get destroyed completely because we won't have any vegetation left and we don't have more space as much as I would love to have more space, but we just have this area that we need to look after and protect. So normally the income that would be generated through the sale of the meat basically uh, that that is something that would go to the to the actual land owner here but he's been quite happy of letting me use that money to also run the place and keep things going and pay the workers and stuff like that so it's a mixture of friends and and family who is actually supporting us we have a few private donors who are really helping us quite a lot as well and yeah, I'm very, very thankful for that. And then to the landowner for basically giving us that what's normally his income. But obviously, he's got an interest in keeping this area going as well. And that's that's how we've been keeping alive over the yeah, sort of last whatever it was now, year and a half, I guess. Um, next question, again, from two people, but the similar direction. Do you take groups and individuals for tours? And then the other one is, can I visit Serga? So both the same sort of thing, answer very quick and easy. Yes, absolutely, we are doing this. But as I just mentioned, we're not quite there yet because of the whole corona situation. But by, I would say, April, May next year, which is 2022, we will be operational. And from, I would hope, yeah, December, January, that we will start booking. So Keeping updated on our social media will definitely get you the news about when we're able to receive any bookings and then people will be able to book with us for tours, for uh, visiting Serga and so on. So yes, that is definitely possible. All right, next question. How often does the vet come by and how do we examine her? Cool, so the vet actually does not often come by at all, only when he's needed. If Serga needs normal small injections like her rabies shots and things like that, I can give that to her. She doesn't even notice when I'm giving her a small injection. If it's anything more serious, if Serga is actually sick or she needs her anti, uh, it's like an implant, a baby pill type thing, so anti-pregnancy uh, hormone implant that gets injected into her neck, for that she gets to uh, be put out for a little bit. Uh, but that's only happened twice so far, so... It's really not often that the vet had to come by. Uh, we're always in contact with the vet, though. If there's anything, we'll get advice. Um, I keep a record of whatever Serga gets, you know, the dewormers and the rabies shots and things like that. And it's obviously only after discussing it with the vet that we do anything with Serga or with any of our other animals here. But we very rarely actually need the vet. Luckily, Serga's only been sick once where she needed to be darted and then the second time was when she got moved to the new area. That's when the vet was present because she also needed to be darted so that we could load her into her box. And also because we obviously wanted the vet to be present for the entire drive, which took about, I think, 15 hours because, yeah, that we just know if Serga has any issues along the way that there is a doctor who can help her. So that's, yeah, the contact she's had with the vet, but it's very little actually. Okay, next question. Will she be free one day and find a male and have cubs of her own and rear them in the wild? And then why haven't you let her have cubs on her own from another person? 
And again, another person, will Sugar give birth to cute little cubbies? That's also the same thing. And a little bit we've already spoken about it. So yes, I want Sugar to have a male lion. Free, she will be in that 2,000 hectare area. And that's simply because free in Africa for a lion means free in general means not very safe because, I mean, everybody who's listening to this probably knows that over the last, say, 50 to 60 years, we've lost at least 90% of Africa's lion population. I can tell you that it's not getting any better. Lions that are actually free are suffering. The habitat's disappearing at a rate that means in, in five to 10 years' time, we might not have any left anymore. So I wouldn't want that to be the scenario for Serga, which means, yes, she will be free in a in an area that's the size of an actual lion's territory, but that area is controlled by us. There's enough animals living inside. She can live there. It's her own little ecosystem, but still it's restricting her movement to that area so that she is safe and that nothing can happen to her. So yes, that's absolutely going to happen. And we're in the process of that right now. Again, on our Patreon page, we post a lot of updates and answer lots of questions about that as well. For anybody who's more interested, please check that out. Then... With the cubs, like I just said, we're losing lions and we're losing their habitat, which is the main reason. Habitat also as in we're losing their food. It's not just lions that have disappeared. The stuff that they're eating, for example, like wildebeest, have disappeared at the same rate, which explains why we have so little lions left today. And I don't see a point in breeding lions just to make more if there's nowhere to put them. And I don't want to create more lions that live in some sort of a captive scenario. So I don't want to be just because I like Serga and it would be so cute if she has cubs that we let that happen. We will only let it happen if I would know Serga is going to raise them and if I won't have to touch them. Now that is possible in her new area. So those cubs could grow up as pretty wild lions that are just used to tourists and vehicles like, like most lions today in the national parks. But at the same time, it's really important to me that there is a future scenario for these cups. So say, for instance, we will get a huge amount of funding and we'll be able to fence much, much more of an area here as a massive private reserve. At the moment, we have 7,500 hectares. And there is a slight potential to turn that 7,500 hectares into something like 40,000 hectares here. Now, if we can get that right, and if we can get the funding to say, that area is actually fenced so that predators will remain inside, that we can really run it as a closed ecological unit that is managed by us. And now we would love to have a few more lions in here. Of course, Serga would be the first option where we say, wonderful, let her have cubs. This will be so beautiful. And they will be able to then be going into this large reserve. Serga can stay in her area. Some of the cubs might be able to remain with her. So there is a potential for that, but it's very likely, obviously, that she will have males in the litter when she has cubs, and that is why those males will get kicked out by the dad, and if we can't move them from the area that Serga is in, they, they will just fight and kill each other, and if we don't have a future possibility for them, then there's no point of letting her have those cubs, and that's basically the story about that. I personally would absolutely love it to happen, but we got to make sure that those lions that are then born have a proper life afterwards. And 
It might not have to be our own area. It might be other places that say, hey, we're busy developing a new wildlife area. We will need lions. Those developments take a long time and there's easily enough time to say, fantastic, we know these people. Sergei has now an opportunity to have cubs who could then live on as wild lions somewhere in Africa. So if that becomes an option, I definitely would like her to have cubs one day. Otherwise, I will simply keep her on her birth control to make sure that she has a great life and that we don't put other lions into an uncertain situation. Let me say it, say it that way. Okay, next question. This one says, So, one question. You are from Germany, right? And how long have you been living there? Um, first off, yes, correct. I am from Germany originally and I've been living here now for... I think it's about 12 years in Botswana, before that some time in Namibia, and before that a little bit in Canada, and before that I grew up and went to school in Germany. So yeah, that was that nice and quick and easy. Next question. Does Serga ever get jealous when you give other animals attention? Can she allow strangers to get near her? All right, we got two questions here. And number one, Serga gets jealous even if I talk to somebody who's outside the fence she even gets jealous if i use the radio while we're outside and there's absolutely nobody near us but i use my little walkie-talkie radio to speak to uh, our staff or at just our office and so absolutely yes she gets jealous at anything and i don't even i wouldn't even try to pay attention to another animal if serga is near me and again it comes back to what i said earlier when i'm with serga i go entirely into her world and her habitat and I am 100% with Serga in that situation. I don't even, you know, try to focus on anything else. Like I just said, it's even difficult for me to just talk on the radio because she'll get jealous. She'll use that moment and jump on me. So I'm very careful to focus only on Serga and absolutely nothing else when I'm with her. And obviously, sometimes I need to be on the radio, but then I make sure I have a good eye on her and I do it when she's a bit tired or she's occupied stalking antelope or something like that. So yes, she gets very, very jealous. And can she allow strangers to get near her? Absolutely not. Uh, she allows people to get near the fence, but as soon as they get too near, she actually charges full on at the fence. Even my dad once, he was just trying to take photographs through the fence and Serga charged at him and made him fall over backwards. So yeah, she, she does not allow other people near her and it, it wouldn't go well if, if anybody tried without a fence in between. Okay, the next question, what is Serga's food? It's very simple. Serga's food is antelope from Africa, which I hunt for her at the moment mostly because she's not out all the time yet. When she's out by herself, Serga can hunt her own food and she has done before and she knows how that works. And the antelope we shoot for her is what I mentioned earlier, we have to manage the area anyways. And of course, we use the meat for us as well as for Serga and the surplus we make sure that we sell it to the local butcheries. So that's being sold here in our supermarkets in the next little town. Um, yeah, so that's the meat that Serga eats. It's usually wildebeest, sometimes chemsbok, sometimes a zebra, just the things that a lion would normally be catching out in the wild. Yeah, uh, on top of that, if you're interested, I give Serga a little bit of vitamin additions sometimes she gets her baby milk mixture because i can mix that easily easily with some medication like dewormers and stuff like that but generally her food is just antelope the way a lion would be eating in the wild 
Okay, the next question. Is it true that if a wild cat has an empty stomach that he or she is more dangerous to their owners? Um, in the scenario that I work with Serga in, absolutely not. Actually, I do the opposite. Before I interact with Serga, as in like I'm taking her outside, I give her relatively small portions of food for a few days, sometimes even a day diet before we go out. Because if she's too full, she's simply not very agile. She doesn't want to do anything and she doesn't want to try and hunt. Um, even inside the enclosure, if I'm just going in and Serga has had too much to eat, so her stomach's really full, then she doesn't really do much at all. She she's gets even grumpy when you approach her. So she's not like a cuddly animal. She just wants to lie there and digest her food and have nobody bother her. So... I interact with Serga when she has an empty stomach and it definitely doesn't make her more dangerous. I would say she's a lot more grumpy and dangerous when she is full and lazy and wants to have her peace. Um, for scenarios with lions in, you know, captivity, if you know, in many, many countries it's still legal, unfortunately, to have these animals in your living room and, and stuff like that. I think in, in those scenarios it might be very different that a lion who, who has an empty stomach is just very active and awake and wants to do stuff and that might not be a good idea to be around the animals so feeding them a lot keeping them fat and full and lazy is probably the better option in that scenario but i don't know much about that because i can only imagine that scenario i only know Serga and i interact with her in her habitat when she's outside and the best way to do that is when she's very skinny and hungry and wants to get food so i hope that answers that one um Again, two questions. We've also discussed that a little bit already. Is Serga okay with other people? And then the next one again, is Serga friendly with everyone or just with you? So, like I said earlier, no. Serga accepts nobody else near the fence, even as we have never tried since she's an adult, adult lion. We haven't tried at all to bring people close to her. When she was small, I allowed people to be next to her when I took her outside and people could join the walk and I always ask people to not really interact much with Serga to not speak to her and not try and touch her and basically we would walk when Serga is tired enough which always happens lions tire out very easily if they chase a few animals then she will sit and people could sit behind to get a photograph but once she started killing her own animals and became big we stopped all of that and yeah that's how uh, how that worked and since then we have had no other people close to her and we can really see clearly when people get near the fence that it would not go well at all if Sir, if anybody would try to get close to Serga. Yeah, so I'm the only one that interacts with her. Um, next question, sort of on the same note. Uh, may I go there and play with lions? Answer here, absolutely not. Um, people that come and visit us only come here to experience nature in Africa, which has nothing to do with playing with lions. I also believe playing with lions is a lifetime commitment to the lifetime of that lion. And we shouldn't just take a lion and play with it like Serga happened because she needed rescuing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with giving that little cub a beautiful life if we can. But coming to play with them, I've done a podcast about the whole petting industry of these predators uh, previously. So please listen to that, whoever asked that question. I think that'll help a lot. It's a whole episode just about that subject. But it's a very unethical practice, which should not be happening in Africa. Sadly, it's still happening. 
But if you can refrain from that at all, do not go to places where any wildlife is being pet. It's not a nice thing for the animals. I know it's an amazing experience for the people, but if you really care about that wildlife, you might actually regret it afterwards, which is why I rather say it now. So go to places who are really involved with nature conservation, but none of that will have to do with petting these animals. Um, yeah, sadly, that's, that's the case. And I'm sorry if I burst anybody's bubble there. Um, did you ever notice if Serga missed her family? Uh, no, I do notice that Serga is lonely some, sometimes and she starts talking a lot, but I feel like she's just missing me and I don't think Serga really knows her own family. So putting it shortly, she's only seen her family once and, and that was while she was chasing Elans and they ran past the facility where her parents were, which was something she could have gone to always when we walked in the old location. But she never went to those lines, although she heard them all the time, so she knows where they are. And the one time she ran past them a bit closer by accident when she was chasing these antelope, she saw lions, which is her family where she was born, and she just ran away. The only time I ever seen her stop a hunt. So she had no intention of being near other lions, and she did not even know that that's her family. So I doubt that she ever missed her family. I do know she misses me sometimes and I try my best to not make that happen or as little as possible so that I can be with her as often as I can. Now there's another question. Again, that was sent in, in German. So in German it goes like this. Was machst du nachdem Sörger selbstständig in ihrem großen Areal nach und nach ihr Leben lebt? This means, what will I do after Suga lives in her big area more and more and just do, living her life? Uh, question is simply, most of my life already actually is not just about Suga, although she obviously is a huge part of my life, but she will always remain that. And actually, I can already tell you, I'll be even more worried if I don't know where she is exactly all the time because I just want her to be healthy and safe and not injured and happy. So I'll be looking after her constantly, no matter what. Um, but to the actual sort of point of that question, I will continue focusing on what I spoke about earlier when I described the 5, 10, 20 year plan sort of thing on the conservation work in the Kalahari to do something that will benefit wildlife in total and all the big areas here. And, you know, hopefully that'll work out. It's very hard working in nature conservation simply because over our recent history, our natural world is really being diminished at a rate that is absolutely shocking and if you care about this a lot and work in it it's actually quite depressing so at the moment i'm very happy that we have our seven and a half thousand hectare which is including Sergas reserve here that we're looking after there's beautiful healthy wildlife there's leopards cheetahs and Serga, and sometimes other wild lions that move around here so it's, it's a stunning place and i'm very proud and happy that we can keep that going but in the future, and while Serga is living in her big area, I would like to focus a lot more on implementing that into more areas so that it's not just here and that the communities in Africa start feeling the same way and learn to live sustainably off and with their natural ecosystems. So, yeah, that's the plan for my future. Then another question here, which is, will you all ever do a documentary on Serga like you all did before on her journey? I would love to see one, especially now that she has gotten so big and more beautiful. 
So number one, I agree she is beautiful at the moment and I love her as a big fully grown lioness and she is quite a bit bigger than she was when the Netflix series was filmed. And so yes, I would I would love to do another documentary, but it's just not really me that's doing that. It needs to be other uh, well, publishers or film crews who actually want to do this. And we have people actually pitching to... Um, what are they called? Netflix as well as Amazon Prime to say, why don't you do a follow-up kind of thing on Suga's new life? We are in contact with a German TV station about a potential thing happening there. So there are opportunities. It might happen, but there's nothing planned definitely at the moment. So the only way to see more of Suga right now is to join on our Patreon page. There is quite a lot of videos of Suga. Obviously, they are just us editing a little bit together. Nothing as professional as it is done when it's really made into a documentary. But for people who would like to Suga now and get regular updates, our Patreon page is the best way to go. Cool. Now we're actually coming to the end of this podcast and... For the highlight, right at the end, we have the one voice recorded question that was emailed to us. So here we go. Hi, Val. This is Jennifer from New York. My first question is about the seasons there. How long is the winter and how cold does it get? Sometimes you show photos and you talk about sleeping outside with Serga or some of the other animals. So I was curious about that. And my second question is about your trailer, your home area where you sleep and work, is that enclosed or is it open? I'm curious because sometimes you show photos of leopards and male lions that come around at night. And I was wondering if you could actually come face to face with them or if you are separated from those other wild animals. Thank you. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks very much for sending in the recording. I'm very excited about that. And to your questions, so the Kalahari can get pretty cold. In winter, our nighttime temperature usually drops around zero degrees, uh, which is, I think, 32 Fahrenheit. But many nights, actually, we go quite a bit below zero. The record this year was minus 13 that we measured here, uh, which would be 8.6 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's pretty cold if there's absolutely no heating around. Um, yeah, so the only thing we have is a campfire that we make in the evening. But basically, once you're a little bit warmed up there, you got to run into bed and climb into ice cold sheets and try to just uh, snuggle in there and stay warm until the next morning so it's basically sleeping bags and a ton of blankets on top of you and yeah trying to stay away in full skiing gear pretty much but uh, yeah it it works actually not so bad sleeping is all right being outside in the evenings once the sun sets that can be very cool and chilly uh, same for the animals what's Probably more intense though is the heat that we get in summer. Our nights in summer are comfortable, usually around 20 degrees Celsius. That's about 68 degrees Fahrenheit. And the, the daytime temperatures can be very brutal. So we'll get up to 40 degrees in the shade, which is 104 Fahrenheit. And, and we don't have much shade and we have barely clouds usually. It's just yeah sunlight hammering down so it can get very very cold in winter and very very hot in summer it really is a place of the extremes and then to your other question uh, the pictures the caravan and so on and everything else here is completely open so 
yeah, everything walks past. We've had wild lions try to climb into our pool and one of them tried to break into the tent. They have been carrying away a camping toilet that we were using here in the very beginning. When we're having a braai, uh, braai is the, the word for barbecue here. So if, if we're having a little barbecue in the garden, there's a bird bath just a few meters away from us and the leopard sometimes drinks from the water while we're busy, you know, having having some meat on the coals there. So that's very, very open, but we're quite used to the animals, but you got to get used to always having a good flashlight with you, checking everything before we even walk to the bathroom, because even there we've had the lion surprise Sarah, my girlfriend, actually right at the bathroom uh, when she wanted to go go there at night. But nothing's happened. If people are careful and behave well around the animals, it's, it's very safe and it's actually just a beautiful thing to be able to live like that. Cool. So I think that was the last question and the end of this podcast turned out to be quite long, actually. I hope that this answered everything that people wanted to know. And thanks again, everybody, for sending in questions and participating with the podcast. Next episode is going to be a little bit of a surprise uh, because I've invited a friend who's a scientist who's been working for a long time in Botswana to participate in one of the episodes. The only thing is we're not quite sure if that's going to work out yet. Uh, Corona and travel restrictions and all of these things are a little bit in the way at the moment, but we'll try and make it work. Otherwise, there's just going to be another episode coming up. So stay tuned for next time and thanks very much for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Kalahari Diaries. Did you enjoy the podcast? Fantastic. You can help me tremendously by subscribing and rating it on your podcast app. Leave a review and tell friends and family about it if you feel like it. If you want to know more about the story, go ahead and check out the website on sergeytheliones.com or follow me on social media. You'll find me on Instagram and Facebook at Valgrüne, that is at V-A-L-G-R-U-E-N-E-R and at Modisa Wildlife Project, where I'm sharing photos and videos from the Kalahari on a regular basis. I'm Val, and you've been listening to the Kalahari Diaries.